You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another rousing, I said it, edition. I, I need to get like you like four other words at theory. least uh, to uh, rotate. Do we? I did it that time because I know that it winds you up that I always say that. Uh, but welcome to Because you never say that theory. word in your life, like as a regular. Only like if I was doing something like this, I would for shways, <laughs> which is why I always go to it. Um, this is relationship theory. And I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with none other than my wife, my lovely, lovely wife, Lisa Bilyeu. Hello. What's up, homegirl? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Very excited about Monday. I've been up for a very long time you already. You have? Oh my God. Ridiculously long. Which I love, by the way. I That's my favorite kind of day, especially on a Monday. So I woke up at 2 a.m. Um, Two. Yes, but I had gotten five hours sleep, so... I woke up at 6.30, just to yeah. give you an idea of how you much more I sleep. a little bit more sleep than I did today, uh, but that gave me a lot of time to do a lot of amazing stuff, so it was a lot of fun. Actually, Moving I'm the company very, very forward? Grateful. Yes, most definitely, and um, I wasn't tired. A lot of times when I wake up that early, um, like four or five hours after I get up, I start to be a little bit tired, and then sort of the normal rhythm of the day kicks in and I forget that I was tired, but today, man, just ready to rock and roll. So let's nice. do this. Um, all right, all what right. you got for me? Got some questions nice. all lined up. And before you want to tell them that if this is adding value to your life, go ahead and share this. That would be amazing. Yes, uh, always, please. always valuable. People ask very, very often um, what they can do to support what we're doing and sharing the content is our only ask. So that would be amazing. Yes, that would be. Thank you very much. And I just want to say as a side note, so this weekend we did something, we're always trying, being married for 15 years, being together for 17 years, we're always trying to find new things to do, um, new ways to understand each other, new ways to bond, because I think it's really important to keep things fresh. Yes. And this weekend you read to me. I did. It was so lovely. Like I, I don't want to say like I felt like a kid when, you know, when you're like falling asleep and your mm. parents or then if you ever had that, like read your, yeah. your bedtime story. Yeah, but it gave me that emotional connection with you that I find that when I was a kid had like with my parents. Interesting. Yeah, it was so nice. So as you all know, he's a massive fan of Ready Player One. Um, I just started reading it and, I, and you kept saying like, I really want to find a, um, I wish I could read that book for the first time again. Right. So we're like, well, why don't you read it to me? That way we're kind of experiencing it or you're seeing me experience mm. it for the first time. And just as like a side thing for if anyone's looking for like an interesting way of bonding with their partner that they've never done before, like finding a book and having one of you read, like it was so nice. I agree. And We've never done that before, We've never which done is that. really interesting. And just to set the stage, also, we did it in our true form. I was sitting in the sun and you were sitting in the shade. We yes. literally had like one sofa and I was and in I the sun. I kept having to like scrunch down farther and farther to avoid the ever encroaching yeah. beam of sunlight. I felt like a vampire. But we ended up like getting the things. I love the sun. You don't necessarily like being in the sun all the time. I love the sun. I just burn yeah. far too easily. So we had like, we did like all this kind of like fun joint things. Like I got to be in the sun you got to read to me like so non-joint so... joint things <laughs> yeah right yeah no that's, the that's one, one thing is... we've done a very good job of always sort of balancing those two things of in fact reading sort of started out on vacation as that when i didn't have any interest in pool time um when we first on our honeymoon i thought well i could take books and read and i would love that mm. so that was really when that whole notion of well when i'm on vacation i'll do fiction books and really just while you're relaxing your way I can relax mine and yeah that was amazing and I just had a flashback to to the two books that I read on that trip which were amazing yeah and I find that a lot of people have um when they're in a relationship and one wants to do one thing like usually the other person's kind of getting drug along with them like I was thinking about that this morning when we first met like I would want you to come shopping with me all the time and bless you you were very sweet and you were always doing it but it wasn't enjoyable for you so we then kind of had like I really wanted you to be engaged 
And so it's like, how do I get what I want and you get what you want? Because you're just sitting around bored. Right. So then it was like, all right, well, why don't you start picking clothes that you want to see me in? And so that kind of piqued mm. your interest and was like, okay, now I can actually enjoy the process. Um, or it's like, okay, I want to do this and you don't, so don't come along with me because I then can't enjoy it if I feel like I'm right. dragging you along. Like, like the Dark yeah, Tower. Yeah, <laughs> like the Dark Tower. <laughs> so we went and bought tickets for the Dark Tower. Um, I woke up on Sunday morning. Your sister was coming. And we made the critical error. We made the critical error of looking at the reviews. Yeah. It had 18%. So I didn't want to see it because we yeah. work so much. It's like that's a valuable time that I could be doing something I actually right. want to do. So I turned to you and I was like, I don't really want to go, but I'll come for you. Like if it's one of these things, right. I was going to say, like in, in fairness to you, you were almost like aggressive about that you would still come. And I knew at 18%, there's just no coming back from that. Like if you're not a fan then it's going to be a totally wasted experience. So yeah. I went by myself. And we also have like a kind of own chips, right? So it's like, am I going to place a chip on this? So other things where like, I want you to come along with me and you're like, I'll come for you, but you need to tell me if that's important. Right. And then I think, oh, do I want to use that chip? Like if I've got one chip, it's all mental. We don't exactly have it written sure. down. But if I only have one chip within a month, like is this the time I'm going to use it? No, it's not worth it. So mm. I won't use it. And then I'll choose wisely when I'm like, yeah, you know what? Even if you're going to be miserable, this is actually really important to me. And I really want you there. But then when I use <laughs> no, that chip, you then, ch you won't walk around shroppy or being miserable. Right? right. And I think that's important as well. Like you actually come along, you yes. have a smile on your face. So if you were like, yes, I want you to come to dark tower, I wouldn't have um, wind the whole time going there i'd be like all right. right stephen king what can you bring us and like yeah you and would have been i know you well enough to know like you would be so upbeat and positive and if it had been horrible you would have been still like no but we got this right. that or you know whatever out of the whole experience yeah because we never used to do that you used to always like come along and be moody and it's like oh god how long is it again mm. and it's like well now you're you're making the effort for somebody, but you're not actually making you're, them happy. Yeah, you're ruining it. You're ruining it, yeah. yeah. So if your goal is to actually please that person and do it to make them happy, then bring the spirit along with it because that will, it That's, will take you so yeah. far. That's really, I, like, it's one of those things that I wouldn't have thought to articulate it. But that's, yeah, that's an amazing tactic that I yeah. hope people were listening to. Because the next time, if I want, like if I'd come to the Dark Tower, right. the next time you don't want to do something, but you're still going to come along, it's an encouragement to be like, hey, remember when I was in right. good spirits? Like, I'd love for you to do that too. No question. Plus, if you're sacrificing, it's like you may as well get the pleasure. I don't know you're making that person happy. For sure So, okay, sorry about that. Kind of went on a bit of a no, rant. No, that was good. Um, okay, so we've had quite a few questions about this topic, which is why I want to just read one of them, but yeah. mul there are multiple questions regarding this. Okay. Um, this is from Chain Hanowski. Okay, Chain? C-H-E-Y-N-E. Chain? Chainy? Chainy? I'd have sure. to see it. Okay. Sure. How do you Any two deal those? with when one of you gets excited about something new, like a new mental system that you find out that brings great value to your life and the other doesn't care or doesn't see the value in it? Whoa. Those are actually two very different things. If they... <laughs> um, uh oh. You all right? Sorry, yeah. Been a lot of illness in this family recently. Scaring me. Um... So those are two very different things. So one, if somebody doesn't care, that's one thing. If they disagree and think that it's a bad strategy, that's a whole other. Mm. So apathy in this case may be the more troubling because if you just disagree on whether the system's usable or not and you both have a growth mindset, then it's very easy to like run the experiment and see what comes out of it. And if something usable comes out and the other person has a growth mindset, then they're going to be like, oh, wow, well, let me try it as well. If, on the other hand, um, it, they both have a growth mindset, it doesn't work, then the person whose idea it was or whatever would, uh, with a growth mindset, you know, back off and say, okay, we tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> it's catching <laughs> it's on. It's catching. It's already spread. Um, <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what just happened there. Um, but if they're totally apathetic, that's where I could see, like, it would start to feel like, hey, I'm over here really trying to be growth mindseted, try things, push myself, learn, grow. And at a minimum, like, you want that person to recognize that that's 
a good thing, that that's cool to at a minimum be encouraging, even if they're not necessarily full-blown running their own experiments and all that. Of the effect be, that... Be encouraging of the effect? No, I'm just saying be encouraging of the fact that they're running experiments, trying right, things, right. that they're trying to improve and get better. So, because the example they gave was you're excited about a new sort of mental, mental thing that you're going to try. Yeah. Um, so... I, I get that. Now, when you'd originally pitched sort of this thematic, it was more like you made it more cut and dry, which I think is a more interesting way to approach this, which is one of you has a growth mindset and the other does not. And how do you help that person pull them along? So I have another question that's maybe more right, similar yeah. to that. Um, so this was from Brad Spann. I'd like to take the time to teach my wife all of this information I've been learning from you and the guests on Impact Theory. But she's a negative person and doesn't want to take the go. time to listen to me or the video. I try to show her. My question is, how can I get her to change her philosophy in life to where she can let go and learn like I have in these past few months? Thanks. My goal is to create a business with her through the awareness, awesome talents she has acquired and mastered. You want to take this one? I have such a strong, aggressive opinion. Do your I, aggressive opinion. You sure? Yeah, like, go for it, and I then I'll chime in. Run roughshod here. Uh, this that setup in particular, which, by the way, thank you so much because there's a lot of vulnerability in that. This is terrifying to me because of all the things life has taught me. Life has taught me that you can't change somebody's opinion. Certainly not in a short timeline. With reason, logic, like none of it. So you would then have to go into, like if I really had to make a change in you and you did not want to make that change, mm. I would have to do the one thing in our relationship that I despise to my core and that is to manipulate you, which oh, I don't like. Steering you in a direction 100% and, and there have been a thousand times where I'm trying to get you to some end point, but I just tell you like, hey, this is what I'm working towards. I really think it's interesting, important, whatever. But I get it. Like, it doesn't feel right to you right now. But just like full disclosure, mm. that's where I'm at. And so like, I'm going to be doing things that are consistent with that belief. And we've had amazing outcomes as a result of that and vice versa, right? Where you tell me the same thing. And so we like have enough trust in each other that it's like, even though I don't see that, I don't feel it. Like, I know 100% that they have my best interest. And so we invest in that. Now... When somebody is like, they're a negative person, oh, God. Whew. I would not want to have to try to change somebody who is a negative person, but they're already married, right? Like, that's yeah. so terrifying. But I've been in moments where I've been negative. You're not a negative person. So now I'll just be, to give you the nice and aggressive, selection is the most important thing in the world. And... I would have to sit you down. In fact, here's exactly what I do. If you were a negative person, I would sit you down and say, you know, in no uncertain terms, that I would never say that something is dangerous in the relationship if it wasn't truly dangerous. I would never throw that around. I would never heighten the stakes just to like get you where I want you. And I'm telling you right now, you being a negative person, not only is it bad for you, it is toxic to the relationship and i think that we have to have an agreement that we don't do things that are toxic to the relationship now in a fantasy land and because it's you i know that this is actually what would happen you would stop you would take that very seriously but i know sort of the blanket general person well enough to know that that will be perceived as an attack they will shut down emotionally they will push back really hard at that moment, and now you're in such a dangerous place, but I do not fucking tolerate that. I would not accept it in my life. Like I'm not gonna be around somebody who is, is a negative person as described. Now, I'm sure that if they were here, they'd be like backpedaling and like, hey, no, that's not what I meant, and great, and I really hope that that's true. But just because the harder question to answer is what do you do if the person actually is a negative person, they mm. actually do close down and all of that, I would say, look, for sure, I don't expect, like, this is a hard thing to hear, so I don't expect it to resonate with you right now. I definitely do not expect to get a change of opinion. All I'm looking for right now is two things. One, for you to hear the seriousness with which I'm approaching this problem, and two, that you will think about it and take time to digest. Ask me any questions you want. I do not mean this as an attack, but this absolutely and fundamentally for me must be resolved in our relationship. Otherwise, I cannot progress. 
And that would be one of those. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you, back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Brutally difficult, terrifying conversations. But if the person over and, and, oh God, I would set a deadline. Like you have... How much, and this is exactly what I would do, I would ask, how much time do you think is reasonable to be able to come to the table to discuss, right? Maybe you will convince me, maybe I will convince you. That's entirely possible and I'm very open to that. But what is a reasonable amount of time? If they say anything north of seven days, that's madness. And so then I would, I would push. I would think 72 hours is more than enough, but I get it. Everybody's busy. Mm -hmm. So seven days. Let's say that they say seven days. Then we come back to the table and we would have to discuss. I can't fathom a universe in which someone would ever be able to convince me with my personality that remaining a negative person, not somebody who can predict consequences, not somebody who is a high neurotic, not somebody who's high in conscientiousness. I get it. Thinking through things is very different than being a negative person. So I can't imagine that universe. If I can't get them to see like what a growth mindset is, or at least that in the follow-up meeting in seven days where they say, I am open to processing this. I'm open to developing a growth mindset. I don't expect them at seven days to be like, and now I have a growth mm. mindset. But if they're like, I will make you the commitment that we're going to get me to a growth mindset and that I'm willing to invest in developing that. If they weren't prepared to do that, then... Uh, look, I wouldn't draw like some hard line in the sand, but I would say we need therapy. We need something, right? Because the, like, the first thing that I ask you to acknowledge is how important and dangerous of a topic I believe this to be. So I wouldn't accept like, oh, they're just shutting down and they're not willing to like put a plan in place to get to the other side of it because it is it is that big of a deal. That's actually, I don't know if we've ever spoken about dangerous topics, but we often, um, if there's like a subject that we don't necessarily agree on or that we've started discussing, we realize, okay, this isn't going to be a simple, let's just talk about it. There's going to be some like deep work that needs to go right. into it. We know when to actually start that conversation and you're really good at that and you've said to me many times before like this is a dangerous subject are you sure you want to talk about it now because it may be like hey we're out for dinner right. and we just know like there's a big what is the potential of this discussion going wrong or and when just i say like wrong be just tense, like be heated. tense that's what i mean yeah like what are the chances of you guys um clashing on this subject and so if you clash most of the time that never ends up in like a fun, exciting discussion. It normally turns um, not negative. It normally it just turns... brings a cloud over the like when you're right. when you both really care 
and you vehemently disagree. Yeah. Those are the things that I'm looking for. Those are dangerous conversations right. where it's like, look, I feel really strongly. You feel really strongly. Right. We feel strongly in opposite directions. There feel like, feels like there's elevated stakes. Yeah. So this is one of those where the only topic of conversation is going to be that because it will take us hours and hours and hours mm -hmm. and maybe days and days and days where you just need like you start and then you need to sleep on it. You go back. You need to sleep yeah. on it. So it's like, God, you really want to start this on a Friday night, like on a romantic dinner? Yeah. That's a dangerous conversation. So we have, we have learned through the School of Hard Knocks mm -hmm. uh, that those are best saved for when you're not trying to create a romantic mood. Right. You weren't like in a position where you really need to reconnect or something. You had a really rough week. Um, and that you've got the time, you're at home, you've got all day where you can sort of dip in and out. And then also dangerous conversations are usually best served when, and I think everybody's going to understand this, there are times where you, like your emotional defenses are at zero. Mm -hmm. Like you're just in a great fucking place. Yep. You're, you're feeling super connected. You want the other person to win so badly you can't see straight. And then they present one of those controversial, dangerous topics. And for whatever reason, like in that moment, you can so see like where they're coming from, where they're trying to get. You have nothing but empathy. And it's just like you, and I'll speak for myself, I'm always looking for those moments. Right. And when you find one of those moments, it's like now's the time. Yeah. Let's talk about that thing. And I think a lot of people have trouble though um, – doing that and I remember right in our early days the reason why I had trouble doing that is because that's all I'm thinking about right like here I am on a romantic dinner on a Friday night and I've got this thing weighing on me that I really feel like we yeah. need to talk about that we haven't um, really discussed yet or really gone deep yet or um, resolved and so once upon a time I used to then find it very difficult to put that aside and then just enjoy my Friday night with my husband and um, I think it's important to recognize that and then put in um, like bricks or like tactics so that you can basically do both, right? So for me, it's, okay, I know if something's bothering me, I have to address it before Friday because then we've got the weekend. I know this is maybe an emotional, not even work thing, or but something that could be somewhat um, tricky to navigate. So I know don't do it on the weekend because there's a potential of it being a dangerous topic, which then can potentially ruin our weekend. But I don't have to talk about it right this second because I'm very, um, where was I going with that? I don't have to talk about it this second because I know ultimately you love me and I know that ultimately you want me to win and I know that ultimately we're in it together. So I don't have to wrap all this emotion um, of, you know, um, whatever the situation may be, if it's a work thing or not, I don't have to wrap that into my weekend enjoyment with you. So being able to separate those two. But also I know that it may weigh on me on the weekend. So I'm going to try my best to have that talk with you during the week, probably during the day if it's a work thing. Like I'll try and have those discussions during work hours mm -hmm. because it so easily slips into the evening on our personal time. But anyway, coming back to the point is being able to separate them and knowing that you don't have to talk about it now, but you can still enjoy time with that person as well. Can we talk about the part of the brain that's responsible for that? Yeah. It's called the basal ganglia and it's called the, or known as the gearbox in the brain. So people that like you have a much harder time with this than I do. So I, it's very easy for me to compartmentalize, very mm. easy. And so when something's really bothering me, I just I put it off to the side, really close the door. I think that's really a male thing more than a female thing. Why do you think that is? Well, I have no idea that that's true, but I but will think, say. Think about the people around you. Yes. Have you not found not in statistically your statistically relevant? But have yeah. you not found that in your lifetime it's hard it's harder for women to let go of things than men? You even say like men don't really have a big breakup in friendships. So now we're getting into an area where I don't feel qualified okay. to speak. I will just give you anecdotal. Yes, anecdotally that does seem to be the case. Uh, but I don't understand the brain science around the basal ganglia and uh, women versus men. Like if we were talking about the deep limbic system, because I understand the way that that's tied to estrogen and estrogen can inflame right. it, which causes you to paint things negatively. 
um, which getting into PMS and all that, like, okay, that I could talk well, I mean, maybe articulately. This, just gut instinct, yes, but I don't know why. Hmm. So I will say very definitively in our relationship, I have a very easy time compartmentalizing. You have a much more difficult time compartmentalizing. But as you were saying, you've learned tactics and tricks and techniques that allow you to do that much more. I find it fascinating that there's actually a part of the brain that deals with that ability to shift gears or not shift gears. Um, so anybody that struggles with this at home, basal ganglia, look it up. I do want to point out though, please. that I think, I do think that men and women have a different generically in responding to things like that. I don't know about the part of the brain or anything, but just from behavior that I've seen, right. it's harder for women to let go of things than men. And in the past, before I really understood growth, growth mindset and understanding the brain, um, structured differently between between men and women I just used to take it personally right like mm. I can't believe he doesn't care about it or I can't believe he's not taking this seriously like why can he brush it off is it not a big deal to him but I think understanding that that's just not how men are wired necessarily or the brain is wired or that they just handle things differently and instead of taking it as a personal insult that like I take this more seriously than he does because I want to talk about it right now um I think you've got to let go of that because I think that actually brings more um, animosity and anger within you about how they're reacting, which I don't think helps the situation. Totally hear you on that. And just for everybody watching at home, I do want to say when my wife says that men and women's brains are wired differently, she's also lumping into that neurochemistry, hormonal differences and all of that. Thank I can you, feel the hate mail rolling in already. Um, but yes, I... But and you read the female brain, you know that our, our brains are not structured the same. Yes, be careful with the word structure. What word should I use? Um, we certainly have differences in the brain, whether that's neurochemical, <laughs> like, and, and I only say that because, like, it, it's, uh, internet culture is very uh, word specific. So hmm. let that's us. how you protect me, baby. Yes. You know what I mean. I, I know what I you know, mean and I precisely. Yeah. Uh, so just want to make sure everybody that's very else kind. does. Um, and so before we move on, the one thing about that question that I just want to say, kind of going back to it, um, is if you're trying to show her like, oh my God, look how these videos have changed me. There's sometimes like forcing people that actually makes them back off more. And so that tactic may not be great. Like what if you were to show the person like, this is why my, what I've learned is good for the both of us. And this is why I, I make a better boyfriend. I make a better husband because I'm watching this content. Do you want to know the truth? Here's the problem. If they have a growth mindset, they're going to perceive this as an attack because somebody, sorry, if they have a fixed mindset, somebody with a fixed mindset, when you say something is wrong, they don't believe they can fix it. So once it's wrong, it is wrong forever. And this is, uh, that's why having a fixed mindset is like in and of itself the worst punishment ever. But it also makes developing a growth mindset one of the most difficult things ever. Because if you were to even hand them the book, Mindset by Carol Dweck and say, hey, I think you'd get a lot out of this. They feel judgment in that. Mm. So it's like somehow they have to come across the ideology. The only way I know how to do anything with it is for people to look at the changes that I make. And they anybody that's known me for long enough just sees me getting happier, mm. more optimistic, more capable of executing mm -hmm. because I have the optimism, because I have the willingness to work. I put so much energy and effort into transformation, gaining skills, like all of that, that then they're like, huh. It's like when you start losing weight, eventually people go, what are you doing, right? And so once they ask that question, it's like when you invite the vampire into your house. Like once you open the door, then they can come in. But most people with a fixed mindset, they always leave the door closed. They don't want to hear about it. They put up their walls. They push back. And that's that also is a miserable way to live for both of you. Like, that's the other thing, by the way. For somebody with a fixed mindset, I am a torture device. So they're not going to have fun being around me either. So it's like, I'm not going to have fun feeling like I'm fucking dragging them everywhere and that they're constantly, like, raining on my parade. And then they're not going to have fun because they're going to feel like I'm judging them all the time because I'm looking at all the, oh my gosh, like, you can fix all of these things. This is amazing. But they think, fix? Like, I'm not broken. Like, what are you talking about? So... Uh, that's why like, I'm just telling you from my perspective, 
I will not be a part of that. I won't have employees that are like that. I'm not going to spend time with family members that are like that. I'm not going to have friends. You must be joking. And I'm sure as hell not going to have a wife. And for whatever, like ever since I was a kid, my, my like recur, I actually didn't have recurring nightmares about being lost in the open ocean, which now I would rank as like my number one fear. (laughs) But I, I absolutely had a recurring nightmare about being in a loveless relationship. Yeah. And we actually That's agreed on that right at the beginning. Like, I don't know if it's because our parents, both our parents are divorced. Um, but yeah, definitely being in a marriage that and we, I didn't feel the same way or they didn't feel the same way about me. Like, that would be tough. Dude. I uh, just like... And I think and, that's and probably why we're always so honest with each other. Because we know, like, if we don't work towards having a great relationship, then we may as well walk away because neither of us are willing to suffer in a relationship when you're not on the same page. Can I give you like a maybe less um, wise answer, but is so like true? Yeah. People treat you exactly the way you let them treat you. And you are training them in every interaction that you have. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I was so aggressively myself when you and I first met was like, I'm gonna train you who I really am because I have no interest in pretending or faking. Like that's so obnoxious Mm. to me. I just have no interest in that. And so letting people know like, I'm not, I'm not going to be in that kind of relationship. I'm not going to let somebody chip away at me. Like, and when I really think about why I have such an aggressive response, I'm, I'm not going to let somebody try to drag me down. I'm not going to let somebody become a friend of me. Like, think about it. If you're my spouse and I have a dream, you have exactly one job. Help me execute against that. Do like, People who think, oh, it's like somebody saying, I want to get wealthy, and they tell you to save all your money. You you don't save your way to wealth. So I get it. You're going to want to protect me emotionally from the downside. You're going to want to make sure that I don't get my hopes up too high because if I fail, then they come crashing down. That does not help me execute, Mm. okay? Helping me recognize the skills that I need, all that, like the no bullshit, what would it take? Like if you can engage at that level, cool, then we've got something. So it's like, I'm just, I'm not going to have somebody be a dream killer, be in my relationship like that. Mad shout out to Vanessa Van Edwards for that whole notion of dream killers and knowing what their place is in life. Okay. We've gone on way too long yep. about this. This is one of those things that I'm fucking fired I know because I've about. even got more like so. questions following that, but we'll, people are submitting questions. All so right, we'll, let's get to them. We'll get to them. So shout outs to um, Brian Rudine from... The swamps of South Georgia, specifically the swamps. So I hope the walkers, the biters, technically. I'm impressed they've got internet in the swamps. Right. But nice. Welcome to the feed. Um, Vinka Prupric from Croatia. Caroline Vincikia from Oh God, Chesapeake. PK? Chesapeake Bay? Yeah. The funny, as soon as you said chess, I was going to say Chesapeake Bay. Uh, but thinking the odds of that are virtually yeah, zero. Yeah, Chesapeake so. Bay. No idea where that is. But what is up, Chesapeake Thank you, guys. Bay. And if this video is bringing you value, guys, please do share it. Um, that would be awesome and very much appreciated. Indeed. All right. So we've got some more questions that have come in. Um, this one's from Nina Dickinson. How do you balance each other's career growth? It feels like, like one seems to suffer over the other. Uh, well, so we have a strategy that's worked for us, but it's definitely not going to be possible to do it universally. And that was to be working on the same thing so that here's a great example. So first of all, that was our choice, right? Working on the same goal. Yeah. Now we literally have two different podcasts. We've got what we're doing here at Impact Theory, and then we've got the Sheroic podcast. And Which, if you haven't, please or please go dude, rate, review, and subscribe. And for Michelle over real. there is doing a big up sign, so I think they've just made her happy by that shout out. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, oh, and we're also we have a Facebook Live this Thursday to celebrate our ten episode release. Do it up, big it up. So um, yeah, please join us on Facebook, ten a.m. Pacific time at Be Sheroic on Facebook. And you and, and me and Cassie your will be live. Yeah, Cassie Ho. Yeah, so I just had to do a crime. No, 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 that's great. And I thought this is perfect. I want people to see it because one, 
fill your heart with a desire for the other person to shine. So coming into this, mm. like you were overflowing with the desire for me to shine. Like even behind the scenes, everything, you were just like trying to put me in a position to shine, shine, shine. And it was like, you were, you were like a pit bull to make sure that I was in a place where I could shine and like just really going hardcore doing things that you found boring and tedious to make sure that it would come together because you really wanted to see me mm. do that. And you thought, wow, this could really not only be great for the business, I think it'll make you really happy. Like you just really, really were amazing. So when Cassie asked you to um, be her co-host and to go do the show with her, it was like, for those who don't know who Cassie Ho is, uh, where have you been hiding? But she's massive. And you guys have been very good friends for a long time. And it was just like, oh my God, like you guys are actually really good friends. So I think you'll have a good time doing it. And then B, she's massive, so this obviously is a great business opportunity and just absolutely uh, something you have to capitalize on. But it meant that you were going to be paying less attention to me and what I was doing. And in that moment, it's like, I so want you to shine. Like, I so want you to be happy. And even if that meant, but like, for real. And this is where you get to see what somebody's for real is. When an opportunity presents itself like that, like I have to, for reals, just to keep like beating that drum. One, I want to see you happy. Mm. And two, I want this business to be a smash success. Now, this was easy because it happened to align with both of those things. So it's like, okay, that's very easy. But even if it didn't, my reaction would have been the same. So um, obviously, it was going to take you away. It was going to be something where you were going to have less time to focus on me and my only reaction was, of course you should be doing yeah. this. And then really like fanning those flames, encouraging the life out of you, facilitating it behind the scenes. And that kind of thing, like what I want people to take away from that is there's a mechanism to that, which is the code by which you live. So saying to yourself, I want the other person in this relationship to be happy, like fulfilled at a deep and fundamental level. And there have been several times in our relationship. So you went from very nurturing, literally a housewife, yeah. um, to being a high-powered businesswoman. And that transition emotionally was hard for me. Mm. And the only thing that I had as like my true north to come back to over and over and over was I want her to be fulfilled. I want her yeah. to live a life that is fulfilling, that makes her feel alive, that makes her like fully expressing what it means to be a human. And the meaning of life to me is to find out how many skills you can acquire that have utility and put that utility to the test. So as we were going through that transition and suddenly you weren't focused on me, you weren't making me meals and setting my clothes out and asking me how my day was the second I walked in the door and doing all the grocery shopping and all that. When that wasn't happening, it was like I just kept coming back to this is so amazing, watching her blossom, mm -hmm. watching her become the person she wants to become, watching her get stronger and more powerful, watching her acquire these skills. Even though they're pulling her away from me, mm -hmm. like watching you become who you want to become is like what an amazing gift just to see in any human. And if I have to like air quotes suffer for those listening to the podcast, can't see that I'm doing that, for like anybody to need to suffer for somebody else to do that, especially if you're in a relationship with them, like that, that's just amazing. Like to in a relationship, I'll just make it clear when that's your significant other aggressively put at the heart of your code, a willingness to do that, to make sure that they're able to shine. And when you're both doing that, you hit this equilibrium mm -hmm. where it's like, you want me to shine. I want you to shine. So in moments of conflict, you, the only thing you may be able to give to each other is that emotional support to be like, I want you to win. I need to go do my thing, but I want you to win and you're off doing your thing. But it's so critical that you place that at the center of your heart. And then I don't have better, sorry, at the center of your code. And I don't have better words for this, but filling your heart with something, fill your heart with love, joy, compassion. Like I feel like I can actively do that. So I can say, you know what? I'm going to go into this just filling my heart with a desire for you to win and to become who you want and to do your thing. And that stems from the code, but it really does become like this emotional thing that I'm actually feeling for you. So that's a lot of words, but I think nary a one mm. unnecessary to understand how to actually And do, do you that. think that you do that because 
I have done the same for you in the past. No. Hmm. So definitively, you have done the same thing for me in the yeah. past. And that makes it easy to continue to reciprocate. But like but knowing what it feels like when you've got that encouragement, when someone is backing you that wants the best for you. It's of. like, I know how that feels. I know that I love it. I know that I'm looking for it from my partner. So why wouldn't I reciprocate to her for the same? That Give her the support. Give her the encouragement. That reinforces why I, not why, that reinforces that it's the right decision, mm. but I do it because there are fundamental things that I believe are just right. Yeah. And so for instance, let's say every secret of mine you have, if God forbid something happened and we split and you went and revealed all of my secrets, I would not do the same to you, I know you because I don't believe it's right. So it really doesn't matter right. whether you're reciprocating that or not. There's right and there's wrong. So there have been other relationships, and you know exactly who I'm talking about right now, in my life that have been very important relationships that I feel betrayed me, but I did not reciprocate and betray them. So just doesn't, it's not right. It's not who I want mm -hmm. to be. So the reason that I do it is because that to me is is how a relationship should be like they should be your number one and if they're your number one you should want them to win and even though it is amazing when you do stuff for me and it was awesome i so enjoyed the time when it was like all focus on me who wouldn't enjoy that yeah. the second you were like but that's no longer what i want for me like immediately with all the enthusiasm in the world you should be like how can we facilitate that and in fairness i never asked you to be a housewife i was like pushing you do your art like ah, yeah. like do something so that to me is just the right thing to do. Yeah. It's, the right, it's the right way to set a human being up to thrive. And if you're not setting the people up in your life to thrive, like WTF. But I, think, but I think sometimes, like for you it comes easily, but I think sometimes there are Say what? That wasn't fair, but you... <laughs> Like this it's is very, like when my, I say easy, when I say it's easy is you have your hard line. So even though it's not difficult, it's not easy to stick to your or see my the lines. lines. Yeah. You, once you've set the line, it's you will do whatever you can or whatever it takes to not go past that. Like it is not even an option to you to step over that line because it's so bright for you. Right. I don't think everybody has that. But how did I get that way? Right. Wife and so, of mine. And, but that's what I'm saying. So if you're in a situation where you haven't gotten to the point of where you are now, where it's like, well, of course, as long as it's benefiting you and it makes you happy, like I'll overcome it. Mm -hmm. Some people aren't there yet. Correct. And so I think that if you're not there yet, the th what are the things you can do to help you get there? I think it is, like you said, um, it's all very, uh, it can be very selfish, right? Like I'm succeeding, I've got this support system and now they want to go and do something else. Like what? How am I supposed to do what I'm doing? Like without their support, like you can easily slip into being selfish like that. Right. It may not mean that you want to, it's just, it's an instinct. So until you train yourself to get there, what are the things you can do to help then shift your mindset and then support them? To me, it comes down to identity and the code that you live by. Like if, if your code lets you do dodgy shit to the person that you love and dodgy is, I know this would be good for you. I know it would help you feel fulfilled, but I'm going to just really, really slightly discourage it. Like I totally get why you want to do that a hundred percent, but like things may not work out. Like, do you really want to like baby being in this podcast with Casey, Casey with Cassie is like, you're, it's like a relationship mm. and you guys are such good friends. Like you don't want to risk the relationship. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying like really be thoughtful about it. And then also like we're 50, 50 you're partners. You're saying that type of negative. I'm saying this is how it happens. Right. This is how people fuck themselves up right. and other people. Cause it's super subtle. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're 50-50 partners in impact theory. Like doing something that like pulls away from the brand. Like, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. And like, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like ultimately down the road, like maybe it could be beneficial back on impact theory, right. but right. And I would just plant those seeds of doubt yeah. and knowing that you're only contemplating it in the beginning, knowing that you're looking for a, um, approval, quite frankly, from mm. your partner, that if they even subtly signal 
that you don't have that approval, there's no way for you to build the mental momentum, right? Because you're gonna have approached your partner early in that process of right, thinking about right, it. Right. And so your partner can kill it with like a couple well-placed, just like deceptively subtle negative questions that then never allow that idea to germinate in your mind but they fucking know exactly what they're doing. Even if they couldn't put words to it, you feel it. Is this coming from a bright place yeah. or is this coming from a dark scarcity mindset place? Dude, people feel that shit, I'm telling you right now. And they can't all put words around it, but we all know some little piece of us knows when we're being petty, knows when we're being insecure, jealous, selfish, like every, every time without fail, every time, I know from a feeling. Maybe I don't have the words yet. Maybe right. I can't tell, am I being petty? Am I being jealous? Is this insecurity? What's the insecurity tied around? But I know that feeling. I know if it's light or dark. And so that like, man, if your code allows you that, I'm not saying you're not gonna have the feeling. I had the feelings. I'm just saying, if your code lets you act on it, like that's madness. So you're, you're the core of your question, how do you get to that point? You develop a code, and that code, man, you should be proud of that code. That should be something that you would write down, you'd print out on a t-shirt, you'd have permanently affixed to your identity online, like however you wanna think about it, but that you are proud of that code, at all times, editable, and that you work on building your identity around being true to that code, and then in moments like that, the bright lines arise out of that desire to act in accordance with your identity, which is being fueled by your code. Simple as. There yeah. is no other way, by the way. And just as an example of that, when we um, when we started talking about doing the podcast and Cassie and I were really kind of talking about like taking it seriously and actually doing it. And um, you kept saying like, oh my God, babe, you're going to be huge. Like this podcast is going to be huge. You guys are going to be great together. And like you were so encouraging. The point was at, some, at one point it like made me a little uncomfortable. And I remember you saying to me like, is everything okay? Like, because you were so over the top. And I said to you, like, if I go into something, I don't half ass it, right? It's like, I'm. That's an understatement. <laughs> if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go all in. Yeah. And so, because you said, oh my God, you're gonna be so huge and you're gonna be bigger than me, and all, like, I actually pulled you aside and I was like, but what if that happens? Like, I don't know how I would feel about being, having more social followers or whatever than you. Because for so long I've dedicated my time and effort into pushing you and now I feel like I'm like now diverting. And I said, I'm a, you know, I don't, like, how do you, how will you actually feel about it? And you're like, I would freaking love it. Like, I, I would be so, and you were so genuine by that response because you were like, you, you better be bigger than me. Like, you've, you've got all this opportunity. Like, you better go crush it. And we're doing it together. Like, your success is my success. And so, like let's kick ass and it was a couple of days ago you were away and we were texting each other and you would just hit oh what was it did you hit like a big number and i text you and i said just oh. recently we just hit 50k I, no but i text you and i said oh thanks for setting the bar high something happened okay maybe i remember met. the text but yeah, i don't remember but being anyway, tied to a number some, you just done something incredible and so I text you back thank you for setting the bar high because you said you know you've you still got like uh, you something like you've got to chase me or something. I said, well, thanks for keeping the bar high for me. And so we're like, we're so encouraging of each other on how your growth and your greatness is helping me push and grow and be great. And like, we've just found this like incredible support system. I think it gets dangerous when the other person envies the other person. Or, you know, like if you've got two career goals and one career starts taking off more than the other. Right. Um, the person whose career isn't taking off as much, like you've got to be super encouraging. You can't be selfish and just think about yourself. You've got to be happy for your partner. Um, and I think the moment that you start feeling like a little jealous or that they're not going to be um, encouraging to be able to, you know, express how excited they are about mm. their success. And you want that, I think. 100%. So. Um, all right. So this question is from um, Gabriel Claudette. Um, how do you handle a spouse that constantly picks fault and blames you while professing their greatness? Well, that, uh, that's complete antithesis of what we just said. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, it, <coughs> when a question is phrased like that, do you take it at face value? 
Or are they an example of exactly what we were talking about with a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, right? So Ooh, it's entirely possible that, that this is exactly as they say it and that the other person is just icky. They haven't found a way to like express themselves effectively. And so they really are like making themselves sound amazing and they're just picking at them. It is entirely possible that that is 100% accurate, okay? And it would then default exactly back to what I was saying earlier, which is you can't have somebody that's doing that. So you'd have to introduce the whole concept of a growth mindset and being wow, supportive and all really that. really interesting. It never occurred to me. Now the flip is so funny. Like, Because yeah. I just thought, oh, bless. Yes, of course, someone's like blaming this person for right. um, having faults and... But yeah, I never thought that they could be interpreting it wrong. Possibly, right? Like, oh, yeah, sure, so sure. But I like to int- abstract it from the person but that's actually that presenting it. isn't that a good question it? to ask yourself? Like yes. the second you're feeling like that towards somebody, like why am I always getting blamed, right? Like you've said to me in the past, like especially when I was, in, um, I think, really sick and so I wasn't necessarily emotionally completely stable, is that you were saying like you've, you're being negative, you're, you're showing a fixed mindset, you need to stop focusing on the negative. And so I kept thinking like, well, he doesn't get it and like he doesn't understand the pain and just enlightened me. So sorry, I, I just had to say that. No, Keep for going. sure. Yeah. So to your point, like they, yes, definitely need to ask, like, why am I feeling defensive? Why do I feel attacked? Right. So just hmm. a glimpse inside my That's mindset. Great. I never lead with this person is attacking me. I always lead with why am I feeling attacked? And what have I done to get myself in this situation, right? So if a meteorite strikes and kills you 6,000 miles from here, I don't blame the meteorite. I blame myself. So that's so fundamental and core to who I am. I'm just going to ask myself, like, what have I done to get in this situation? Um, so that's that's really important to identify, like, who's actually got the fixed mindset mm-hmm. here? So if I've already addressed what I would do, if they really are just attacking, and but if I'm looking at this situation and I'm like, it, I perceive it to be that they're attacking me and I actually identify, okay, whoa, maybe they really do. Like, when I think through what they're saying... I first try to separate the message from the messenger because here's another Mm. thing. I wouldn't be in a relationship where I thought the person was like in an ongoing fashion attacking me. I would start breaking down. How am I so bad at communication that I'm not able to explain to them how it makes me feel, that it's a strategy that they're using, that the strategy isn't working because it's making me feel like this, which I would do all of those things, okay? So I would say, hey... I've asked myself the question, do you love me? The answer is yes. So I know that you're not intending to make me feel this way, but let me just really like articulate how that's making me feel. Now I own my feelings. It's not you, but the strategy that you're using, and I use language like that on purpose to not make it about that person. I'm not trying to attack Mm -hmm. you and be like, bitch, what Mm -hmm. are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Which is just then going to make you defensive. Now we're both defensive. So I'm saying, okay, look, I'm going to take ownership of this. These are my feelings, but this is how it's making me feel. If you really do love me and really do have a growth mindset, you're going to be looking, whoa, okay, that was not my intention. And you and I have a fundamental agreement. If you get what you intended, you have done the right thing. If you do not get what you intended, you get something anywhere, shape or form different than what you intended. You have by definition used the wrong strategy. Right. So if I say to you, I'm going to assume because you love me that you did not intend to make me feel this way. The strategy that you're currently using is making me feel X, Y, Z. I'm going to do my work on that. But in the meantime, if you could also help me by using a different strategy, and we have the saying called giving the keys to the kingdom, I would give you the keys to the kingdom by telling you the strategy that would be effective on me. And so I would say, this is how I would prefer you approach it. It would be amazing if you would help me through this time as I figure out why it's like really upsetting me or making me feel this way or whatever, shutting me down, making me feel defensive, triggering my insecurities, whatever the case may be. If in this interim period, as I figure all that out, if you could please use that strategy, that would really, really be amazing. Then, because you are my amazing wife, you actually would use the requested strategy. But it's also... um from the opposite side, it's hard to hear that you've upset somebody, right? Because that's, in looking at why I used to get annoyed when you would say that, it was really because I would get upset that I've hurt you because that wasn't my intention. Sure. So you're like, you've really upset me. So now I go on complete defense mode because 
that wasn't my intention. And so if it wasn't my intention, why are you like pinpointing that I'm not a good person or like that's what I'm feeling, sure. right? Like you're making out like I'm not a good person because I've hurt you, but that wasn't in my in my intention. So instead of just listening, I used to push back, right? And defend myself. Like, yeah, but that's not what I meant. I meant this, but really that's not a good strategy because my intention clearly didn't come across was my intention to hurt you no so did I misstep some way yes so go okay that wasn't my intention I didn't mean to upset him just own that you did and now figure out how to either do it next time or to show him I didn't mean to upset him so then I speak about with my intention was this this and this and that's when you say but that didn't come across if that really was your intention this is how you should have said it to me for me to hear what you wanted and we really do talk like that like we really do say this is the word like for whatever reason that word rattles me like so don't use that word you can use it to other people. Even when you hear it, it doesn't rattle you. But for whatever reason, using that word with me does rattle me. So use this word instead so I can hear what you're saying. And so we just like learn to speak each other's languages like that. No question. Sorry, I don't, I think I interrupted you. Ah, I thought you wrapped oh. it up lovely. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So I've got some more questions. Let's do it. Um, we've got three minutes left. So time for one more. Um, all right. Um, I know there's a lot of questions. Dead air. Dead air. Um, while you look for that, I'd just like to comment on the fact that Bonsai is clearly negatively influenced by his sister because he is entirely silent when she's not here. He's literally at our feet, which we would okay. never let her do. This one's right. actually really good. Um, this one's from Mike Chamberlain. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. What's your thought on whether to get into a long-term relationship with a woman who has low self-esteem? I said that probably like, hmm. Yeah. I have my answer locked oh, in. Oh, I mean, my initial in words of Mr. Thomas Billiou is danger, danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. Which technically isn't, they're not, they're words I use very frequently, but I have stolen them. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. Like I had to ask myself, is this relationship um, giving me enough that I'm willing to deal with how often you're sick? Um, I think he has to ask himself that same question. Is the relationship giving him enough that he's willing to help her through that? I would not under any circumstance, get into a long-term relationship with somebody who has low self-esteem if they weren't like, I am 100% committed to building my self-esteem up and I will do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And I would make them say it, now really glimpsing into my mind, I may make them sign something because I need that. Now I would tell them, I'm having you sign this because I'm gonna use it against you in the future. Not words like that. I would use those exact words. You really would. And when they say, what do you mean? Use them against me. I thought you loved me. What are you talking about? Then I would say, understand, my intention is very simply to help you live a more fulfilled life. Yeah. To do that, I have to get you out of your uh, low self-esteem. You're probably depressed. This is a neurochemical state. It has everything to do with brain wiring, identity, self-image, and all of that. Uh, so I'm going to use it against the version of you that wants to stay in that place. And yes, I will use it like a fucking weapon to get you out of that. And so if that doesn't sit well with you, I totally get it. I wish you the best. Bye. So in no uncertain terms, because if they sign on that, when they push back, and this is the advanced class, when they push back on it, I'm not going to pull out the document. I'm going to give them, I'm going to meet them with empathy and love, and I'm going to let them know this is a safe place. And so you're hurting right now. You're in a negative space. I totally get that. Mm. I'm going to help you out. Here's my plan, my process. And when they keep fighting, there will be a line in my head and I'm going to give them so much runway because they need to know I'm not going to be an asshole about this document that you signed. I'm not going to whip it out every chance that I get. This is not going to be something that you see very often. This is going to be something that man, in case of emergency, break glass right? And it will be the thing on the other side of that. So I will take an obscene amount of abuse. I will try a dozen tactics. But at the end of all of that, if they're still pushing back, that's when I pull out the document. And I say, look, in a moment of emotional sobriety, you signed this and said, you're committed to getting to the other side of it. So 
I need you to try something. It doesn't have to be my technique, but it's got to be something. And it's got to be something that yields results because we are not judged by our intentions. We are judged by our results. We're not getting results. You're still low self-esteem. You're still depressed. Like, so we've got to change this. It comes down to identity, blah, blah, blah. I know we're out of time, but that's what I would do. In no yeah, terms. literally that's exactly what I thought. Like, does she recognize that she has low self-esteem and wants, to, wants help changing it? Or does she just have really low self-esteem and she denies that she does and she's just negative all the time? Because that would be difficult. Um, you know, obviously there's been moments where, like having discussed it last week, like when I was going through my sickest of moments, like I had low self-esteem. Um, I didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel strong. I couldn't work out. So obviously that part of me wasn't able to, you know, um, get that like strength going. Um, you know, and especially as a woman, like there are days where you just don't because of your hormones or whatever, like you feel negative about yourself. And so having the mindset of like, I know that this is temporary. I know that this is just an emotion for whatever reason. I know that I'm feeling irritable today. Okay, so I can ignore all these emotions. Like I have to push past it. Like I think it's inevitable that certain people at certain stages of their time and their life are going to have low self-esteem. Um, but I think you have to work through it. And is the person willing to work through it or not makes a difference. Mm. I'm with you there. So. For sure. All right. Okay, that's got to be time. That is time, yeah. Everybody, thank you. As always, so much for joining us. If this brought value, please do share it. That is absolutely amazing and very much appreciated. So to all of you that ask how you can help, that is precisely how you can help. Please share, share, share the and content. And if you are around 10 a.m. on Thursday, go to at Beach yes. on Facebook. Cassie and I are doing a live Q&A as well. It's going to be our first one. Nice. So. so stoked. You guys have to do more Facebook Lives. That's going to be my personal mission. Uh, and just as an example of what we were saying earlier with your encouragement, you've been telling me for since we started, you've got to do more Facebook Lives. You've got to yeah, do 100%. more. So, yeah, you definitely have been encouraging. Blow that out. Thank you, baby. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a weekly show. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Be legendary. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.